Hey, and welcome back to episode number six, where we're going to talk about the firstborn boy. So this is a thing, folks. If you do not know anything about India, um, having the firstborn boy in the family is like a big deal. They put a lot of weight on that. And um, there are some, I wouldn't say special privileges, but it's definitely made aware that it's the eldest grandson. And I often pick on my father-in-law a lot and he, cause, cause he would call and he would ask like, Oh, how, you know, after we had multiple kids, he would call and he'd be like the first person he asked for or about would be his eldest grandson. And I would make it a point to like start with his youngest and go through. And I was like, Oh, but you asked about Bradley, right? And he would chuckle and he would say, no, <laughs> it's not like that, Amy. No, 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 no. And I would laugh because it, just the way that he did it, it was as if to say, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean for it to come off like that, but um, just little cute nuance like that. And so anyway, we, I, I talked a little bit about it in my last episode, but I had gone in for an induction with Bradley in which it failed. They sent me home and then uh, brought me back about a week later and we did another induction in which Bradley was was born in January. Um, we celebrated Christmas with my in-laws. It was great. It was a little bit awkward because they've never done it before. Um, and you know, we sat there, we watched Brittany open up all these gifts and they certainly, I think that they enjoyed it. We enjoyed it, but it was just, it was new. And so anything new can be different and, you know, just knowing what to do and how to accept it. You know, again, my mother-in-law cooked dinner, so not our typical Christmas dinner, but lots of new traditions and stuff being formed for us as a, as a, you know, multicultural family and trying to make things work and make everybody happy and comfortable. So we came home with Bradley and it wasn't but a few days after we were home that my mother-in-law, you know, she was super helpful. She was helping me out. I was bottle feeding. So that made it super easy for her to help and take Bradley and be able to feed him while he jumped in the shower and stuff like that. My father-in-law, I would say it was about a month month or more into it that he had to, he really had to go back to India because they were going to start teaching. So I'm thinking he had to be back to India probably around March. So it was definitely a month or two, um, after the birth of Bradley that he had to head back to India. And we were my mom, my mother-in-law, my husband, myself, and Brittany. And again, my mother-in-law and I are still trying to learn each other's words and really have conversations that, you know, some people would have those conversations in 15 minutes and it would take us two hours because just using words that each other knew and then speaking very slowly so that they understood was like super challenging, but we made it work. You know, my mother-in-law would braid Brittany's hair and dress her up in Indian clothes. And, you know, definitely she tried super hard to, to bond with Brittany and, and make this acceptable in her heart that, um, this was her her grandchild too. And so we went through this process and, you know, as a mom, you know, born and raised here, it's, it's definitely a different, different vibe than in India because it later came known to me that, um, in India, when you have a, when you have a child, your mom is a big part in raising that child. Um, because her mom or her mother-in-law was a big part in raising her children. So it's almost like she raises, she finally gets the ability to raise her own children through your children, um, if that makes sense. And so I was not aware of this. As I've said before, Srinu's not the biggest communicator. He, he never really would tell me like how things were done there or like what was done there or why, like, like certain things I would just get so peeved because my mother-in-law, you know, she 
kind of came in and she took over my kitchen, you know, and when she took over my kitchen, you know, she's going through all the cabinets. The first thing, like one of the first things she did when she came in was open up the refrigerator and the freezer and she'd point to things if she wasn't sure what they were and she'd want to know what they were. She, she wanted to know like, is there beef in here? Is there pork in here? Like stuff like this. And these were things like, I was like, oh man, like Srinu never made me aware of any of that stuff. And it was a good thing we're not drinkers because at that time I didn't know, like my in-laws don't drink. And, you know, as per the Hindu beliefs, you know, the, the beef thing is like, no, no, no. And then the pork thing, you know, just as per, um, a lot of people's feelings, it's a dirty animal. So you don't eat that. And, you know, that was, these were things that I was not, um, I didn't know about these things. So I was learning them firsthand as they were happening. And I was asking, and I used to ask my father-in-law things. And it was funny because he would say to me, you don't ask questions. And I was like, but we're in the U S and we're raised to ask questions. Like we get participation points for raising our hands in class. So we do ask questions. And sometimes he would entertain my questions and sometimes he would, he would kind of shut me down and he would be like, Hey, we just don't ask questions. Like it's been done for, you know, centuries. And so we just don't ask questions. And so with my mother-in-law, that was like part of that process was her just coming in. And it was very much known in the very beginning that this was her son's house, um, that we were living in her son's house. And so, um, I didn't let that rub me the wrong way too much. I feel like my family more or less when they would come over and they would hear things because it wasn't necessarily said in the most softest of ways because my mother-in-law was very blunt when she says things because she wasn't very uh, fluent in English. So when she said, when she said things, they came out a little bit stronger than maybe she meant to. So you would have to discount it a little. And with my mother-in-law, um, it was very quickly after my father-in-law left that I found her sitting on the couch crying. And I was thinking to myself, why is she crying? You know, all the lights were out because we were all getting ready to go to bed. And I heard her whimpering. And I thought to myself, like, I'm pretty sure she's crying. And so I went into the bedroom and I shut the door and I said, Srinu, I I think your mom's out there crying. And he's like, no, why would she be crying? And I said, okay, I don't know, but you need to go check on your mom because she's crying. And so he went out there and I stayed in the bedroom and, you know, of course they're talking in Telugu and, um, they're going back and forth. And my mother-in-law is basically, um, telling him at this time that she came and she saw, and, um, she sees that, he's happy. And now she, she wants to go home that we don't need her. She's not needed here. So now she wants to go home. And when, um, Srinu came back in and he told me that I was so sad because I thought that we were making progress. And I thought that this, we were going to be able to come become a family. And this one episode, very first episode made me feel like maybe that in fact was not going to happen. And that was, so heartbreaking to me. And so I asked him, like, why does she feel like she's not needed or wanted here? And he said, well, you know, in India, the grandparents, they help out a lot, like as far as bathing the baby and feeding the baby and doing all that stuff. And that to me was like news because this was my baby and I wanted to bathe my baby and I wanted to feed my baby and I wanted to hold my baby and I wanted to do all those needs and, um, once for my baby and they, I wanted them to be grandparents. I wanted them to hold him and spend time with him and stuff like that, but they didn't need to do his grooming stuff and, and stuff like that. So all night that night, I couldn't even sleep because I was just thinking like, how do I, how do I show her that I respect her and, um, want her here when we don't even speak the same language? 
And so that morning I woke up and I remember um, getting Bradley dressed and taking him out to my mother-in-law and I just put him in her arms and I told her, you care, you care. And she looked at me and she was confused. And I, I just told her, I said, uh, Babu bath. And she gave me this look like, oh. And before I knew it, that was all she needed. All she needed was some type of proof or some type of permission as not to offend me in any way, but to have control. And as soon as I did that, she like started getting things together. And before I knew it, she had this, uh, this bucket in which she got into the bathtub and she flipped this bucket upside down and she sat on top of this bucket. She stripped Bradley down to like no clothes and she put him, um, she cradled him in her shins. Like if she had her feet stretched out and she crossed them at the ankles and there's like this little bow in your legs naturally, she literally had my newborn son naked, stripped down in this bathtub, um, had the water running and she had some type of powder that she had prepared. It had some turmeric in it. I think maybe some milk powder. It was a lot of like different things. Um, definitely something abrasive in there. Um, and she just started going to town on him, like scrubbing him, like any type of hair, like she wanted it off. Like she's cleaning him. And at this time, my husband is at work and I'm thinking, what have I done? Um, and he's screaming, like screaming, screaming, screaming. And I'm thinking to myself, how do I gain control of this situation? Because I just gave her the permission that she needed and she's not even asking questions. Um, so she's scrubbing him and she's cleaning him and she's like, does not miss a piece. I mean, she is really getting his ears and really, I mean, my baby is red now and he is screaming to the top of his lungs and she finishes that and she wraps him up in this towel and she had I didn't even notice, but she had already turned on the fireplace and spread this like area at some point. It all happened so fast um, that she brings him out and she lays him down in front of this fireplace and she starts oiling and rubbing and massaging and like just, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that anybody who is Indian <laughs> it knows exactly where I'm coming from, but this was a whole process that she did and this probably went on for like 30, 40 minutes and then she had heated up a bottle after she got him dressed and she sat there and she fed him and he fell asleep and I felt the air just come out of my lungs and I just took a breath and I told her, I'll be back. I'm going to go to the mall and I'll be back and I left. And, um, when I came back, Bradley was still sleeping and it was at that point he slept, I, he slept so well. And it was at that point that I was like, you know what? This woman raised my husband and he's a good man and he is alive and he is well. And this is my son's grandmother. And I said, she needs to be able to be his grandmother. And I didn't want our language or our relationship or how she felt about me to affect whatever relationship she was going to build or have with her grandson. I wanted them to be able to love her unconditionally and see that she loved them. So at that point, it was a turning moment for me. <clears throat> it was a turning moment for me. And I said, you know what, um, they've did a great job at raising their boys. And if I can even do half 
a good job as they've done raising their kids, we're going to be the better for it. So that was the turning moment for me where I really accepted. I think that I accepted that, that this is what it is. You know, we were going to definitely have to repair some damage that was there from, you know, me having a child, um, me having a child and, you know, having been married before and that not being something that was again, acceptable in the, in the culture. But, um, I think that having children and being able to give them something that they could hang on to, something that committed them to us as a husband and wife was super important in pushing our relationship and our family further into becoming the family that we are today. And so Bradley being the firstborn, while for my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and, you know, Srinu's family, that may mean one thing. But I think for, for me, when I think about my firstborn, it was really Bradley who brought our family together. And when we do things with Bradley or I hear my father-in-law um, ask about Bradley or want to know how he's doing, I, I tend to, 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 I tend to remind myself that he's not doing it to be, um, to, to be as if nothing else matters, but Bradley, but I, I use it to remind myself that without Bradley, where would we have been today? Because my, my two boys were actually fertility babies. And, um, I, at one point I wasn't sure if Srinu and I were going to be, be able to have kids. So having Bradley just, you know, changed our world and, um, really allowed us to bond and become a family. And it was upon Bradley's birth that my father-in-law, right before he left, he was like, Amy Srinu, you, you're living in an apartment, but this is not a good investment. You guys need to go out and uh, search for a house. Mom, you know, he was saying that him and Srinu's mother wanted to stay and, and watch Bradley and Brittany while we went house hunting. And Srinu and I, that was a big, that would, that was like a big leap for us to buy a home because financially we were still figuring things out. I wasn't working anymore. Um, and Srinu was working full time. So, and we had this apartment, so we weren't really sure how we're going to like buy a house. It just seemed like such a big commitment. Neither of us had done before that we weren't sure if we were ready for that as of yet, but, um, we did, we went out, we met, I, I met, found a real estate agent in one of those flip through magazines that was at like the grocery store. And I was looking through houses and seeing like, Oh, I like this house. And at that time we lived in Fairfax and the house I really wanted was like eight, $900,000. And that was never going to happen. Um, so we looked and we looked and, you know, we met this agent and I really liked him. Um, and so between Srinu and I and Joe, we all figured it out. We went out house hunting and we actually went and saw our very first house and we were like, this is it. So guys, if you're, if, if, if you're at all enjoying what I'm talking or our story or are feeling compelled at all to, um, keep following me, I'm going to ask that you guys subscribe, like share, and of course, follow us everywhere. Cause in the next episode, I'm going to talk about the purchase of 242. And that's really where, uh, my first experience with the Hinduism aspect comes in. And I'm, I'm excited to share that with you guys. Cause it's a little funny. Um, but do, Again, follow us. This again, let me go back and say this is episode number, oh, I'm on to six. So episode number seven is going to be the purchase of 242. So again, guys, can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Till then, be safe.